welcome to a shot in the arm podcast. My name is Yvette Raphael, and we are coming to you fr- live from the uh, from Croy uh, in Seattle. And today I have special guests. We have special guests Ben and Tando Yola from Upper and Niarazzo, our favorite doctor in research. So Tando, I'm going to go straight to you today. Please, can you tell us a little bit about? Uh, yourself and APA, AVEC, and where it all comes together. And what do you guys do there? Now, thank you very much, Yvette. I'm really happy to be part of this uh, podcast today. As uh, mentioned, my name is Ndando Yola. I am uh, I live in Cape Town, and I work with APA, Advocates for Prevention of HIV in Africa. And that's just, that's half of the work that I'm doing. And the other half, I am with a research organization in Cape Town, which is the Desmond Tutu Health Foundation. My work there is leading a community engagement program within the Desmond Tutu Health Foundation, which is part of the University of Cape Town Clinical Trials uh, Trials Unit. And we're doing HIV uh, prevention research largely and, uh, and, 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 and my work really is 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 to ensure that you know the programs of engaging and working with communities in this research work are happening in ways that uh, consider the good participatory practices and and which are really about ethics are really about ma- making sure that the research does not happen without communities and then on the other side i have an opportunity of really linking the work that we do or that any other research organization is doing with other partners and networks globally, where we make sure that uh, there is a, a, a good link between research uh, that is happening in communities, but with what is happening in the country, so that research informs policy, research informs programming, and at APA we're doing that. And we're doing that through a coalition that is sitting with uh, AVEC, a global HIV prevention advocacy organization, and uh, there, there is a coalition there known as CASPA, a coalition for accelerating prevention research and accelerating and supporting prevention research. I should say it properly. CASPA, a coalition to accelerate and support prevention research. Thank you, Nyarazo. <laughs> so really, that's that's the work we're doing with many other partners in the region. But I think what is important to highlight as part of this work is that CASPA is a program that is making sure that the research happening in Africa is by Africans, led by Africans for Africans. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ntando. Ben, you wanted us to have this... Uh, uh, podcast today and talk about uh, the Mazaiko trial vaccines. And tell me, why is it so important for you to, that we do this today? So I thought it was important because, well, we know that Mosaica has basically failed. The, um, the Data Safety Monitoring Board brought it to a close early. Uh, that got announced earlier. But the thing that's really interesting um, is really where do we go from here? And particularly what this means for um, our research into broadly neutralizing uh, antibodies, BNABs. And and as you know, Yvette, that's an an issue very close to my heart because the the role of the immune system in fighting disease is still so little understood. And so that's why it's just so wonderful that you're able to join us today and just sort of explain where, and particularly for Africa, where Africa goes next, 
Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, Nyarata, over to you. Uh, maybe also just tell us who you are and briefly tell us why, what your thoughts are as a researcher in this work on where do we go from here now? Mm-hmm. So thank you very much, Yvette, Ben, Tando, uh, for having me on the show. So my name is Nyarazo Mugodi. I'm a researcher from the University of Zimbabwe Clinical Trials Research Center. We are a center of excellence within the medical school, the Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences at the University of Zimbabwe. And we are looking at uh, various modalities of HIV prevention, uh, from um, we'll talk about vaccines, we'll talk about uh, broadly neutralizing antibodies, but we are also looking at other modalities like long-acting injectable carbotegravir, the dapiferin vaginal ring, and many, many, many other uh, formulations. So perhaps, Ben, I don't like hearing the word failure <laughs> when, when we conduct research. I think all the results, for us researchers, all the results are a success. You know, we've shown that something works or something doesn't work. So I wouldn't really say that uh, Mosaic was a failure, but what I would say is that the vaccine didn't work to prevent HIV when compared to a placebo. And um, I know, I think maybe we'll come to Ntando to talk about placebo and the uh, you know, the ethics about conducting trials with placebo and so forth. Um, but uh, what the DSMB, um, why the DSMB recommended early uh, termination of the study is because there was uh, shown to be futility, but the vaccine was highly safe. So as researchers, we're concerned about participant safety. We are concerned about uh, doing no harm. Yeah. So it wasn't harmful. Uh, but um, it was not effective. So where do we go from here? Uh, We know that the only way to end HIV is through a vaccine, and we need to continue working on getting uh, an effective HIV vaccine. And one of the ways of doing that is uh, working on broadly neutralizing antibodies. And I'm sure you've, uh, Ben, you said uh, that's one of your favorite subjects. Do you know why we should be working on them? Gosh, and and isn't this typical of Croy? It's a continual medical education, and here I am being put on the spot. Well, here's why. Here's there are two reasons why I think it's important, Doctor. And the first is that um, if we can have um, a broadly neutralizing antibody, then that gives us such hope in um, empowering our immune systems to prevent HIV taking hold. Um, and one of the things that I was struck is that. If you were responsive to the particular uh, neutralizing antibody in uh, the mosaic and the, the the previous trial, then um, and I think it was Tony Fauci who said you had up to about a seventy eight percent chance of protection against HIV. So there's something there. Um, but also, I'm going to come back to it. I think our understanding of the immune system is medieval, and we're and so it for me it's the undiscovered country. Yeah. Do I get a pass? <laughs> <laughs> you, you do, you do, and uh, um, apologies for putting you on the spot. Um, but yes, uh, we need broadly neutralizing antibodies because I'm sure by now everyone knows that HIV is very, it keeps on changing. Um, uh, the way it replicates is prone to failure. So the body's uh, immune system, once it learns to target an antigen, um, 
it targets that antigen. But HIV is covered by these uh, sugar molecules, which are one, they change, and two, they do not elicit an immune response. So that's why we need broadly neutralizing antibodies, which are going to target various uh, places on the envelope of HIV. Yes, from where I sit, Nyaradzo, I think uh, research is making huge strides on paper. And the reality is, for the communities that participated in this research, I know I, w I speak a lot to my comrade and friend, uh, uh, Nombeko, from the site where you work in, and she speaks very uh, openly about how the community felt it was a failure and that we're going to ask them again to continue and look forward to, again, doing more research and how we should not stop doing research. How do we get our communities to participate and also feel as enthused as us about this research? And then I'm going to put you on the spot and say, because you work on those research sites, how do you get communities to continue, even though studies have failed, like Mosaico has failed on paper? Well, we have heard from communities that we're working with about a need for all of these interventions. And I mean, if, like yourself, about how you feel we really need to find as many interventions as possible. And you always share a story that you want that for your, ch for your child and for your children. And I, this is the same message that we're getting from communities. And uh, and. Part of that is exactly what uh, Nyari is saying about how are we messaging this research to communities. Mm -hmm. uh, because at, from one of the very first trials that, uh, that, were not, uh, that didn't show efficacy in, in, in the, the vaccine trials, from, from STEP study to Impogodo and uh, a number of them, and the very one of the very first that I can remember, I think it must have been 2007. One of the concerns was, what do we say to communities, and you know, how do we message um, the results that are not desirable about finding a vaccine? And we were surprised that communities told us that you told us that this is a trial. We are trying to find something, and uh, therefore. If you're trying to find something, it's either you find it or you don't. And that's partly why it is important to give that correct messaging to communities about what we are doing, why we are doing it, and why do we need communities themselves and have the right messages. So it, it really has been a journey. And again, we have this network where I have at times visited Zimbabwe um, site and, and you get to learn that actually it's really, we, we come together and have these same messages, which are very important, that the message that I, I say in Cape Town is the same message that is said in Harare, uh, and the same message that somebody in, in Kisumu is saying about the research and how we are mobilizing communities so that they are behind the research. I think that way they are able to travel this journey. They are part of us in all of the successes that we have had, but they are part of us in all of the, um, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to avoid using failure, in all of the, <laughs> I don't know, what do you call it? But anyway, with all of the results that we are finding that are, are not what we are looking for. But I, again, the message is exactly what uh, Nyari is saying, that 
we are trying to find something every time it seems like we have not found what we're looking for. There is a lot more that has helped us. And Ben, you've just you've said it very well that out of all that has not worked in mosaic, a uh, mosaico has helped in in what we are going to be doing next in terms of finding the actual antibodies that are going to be helpful. Yes, thanks, Santando. And I, and it's exactly that what we need to hear. We need to actually hear what communities are saying. And Ben, I just want to get your understanding and feeling on the wisdom of us for going on with these trials. See, that's that's actually something I would love um, love your thoughts on. I, I, so I've got to confess, I'm somewhat uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. We learned from the first trial, um, and what was the name of it again? Sorry, I'm blocking... Is it a vaccine? Yes, vaccine before trial? before Mosaic, it was the same. It was in girls. In Borgodo. That's right. And so we learned that that ended early. And so we 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 learned that um, the um, that the neutralizing antibody that we were looking at had no effect. Am I getting my language right here? Had no effect, no effect. in um, uh, intravaginal intervaginal. Um, intercourse and, and transmission. Um, and so we continued Mosaica because we wanted to see if it nonetheless had some continued efficacy in um, rectal um, transmission. Well, okay. Um, but we really have to, one, put a focus on girls and women um, as the priority. I'm going to be honest about that, I think, as the priority. I, um, although we shouldn't really be sort of comparing or, or trying to contrast uh, the different marginalized populations. But nonetheless, I think, you know, strategies for girls and women have not been at the, the forefront. Um, and then the second thing is going back to this question of doing placebo-controlled trials. And um, I, I, you know, the, the, the logic, and we, we hear it and it is understandable, that in many countries, perhaps not in all the countries where the sites of, of the trials were done, but there is access to prevention technology, to PrEP, to condoms, to information. And so, um, you, you know, it, it, the argument is that there is a unique legitimacy in doing a placebo-controlled trial. People just continue their daily lives, and do they... You know, do they become infected with HIV? Do they acquire HIV infection? And so, I, I don't know. It just it, it, there are things about it intuitively at the gut level. Talking about um, antibodies, monoclonal antibodies in 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 my case for for my treatment for Crohn's disease, um, but there's just something about it that doesn't feel complete and doesn't feel necessarily relevant for the. You were talking about the need for an African-specific strategy, so I guess it's in that context that that I'm sort of interested about where we go next. Yeah, and I think the jury is out. Ben is asking us if it's ethical, if we should continue, and I really would like to hear both of your thoughts on that. So um, maybe I'll take our viewers and listeners to behind the scenes in terms of drug development or product development. So when we start with preclinical trials, there are thousands of uh, products. And just uh, as they go through the different phases of clinical trials, preclinical trials, clinical trials, they drop off. 
So we might start up with many, many products, but only one or two will make it to the end. So it's all part of the, it's the natural history of trying to come up with an effective vaccine or an effective intervention. So we shouldn't lose hope. Uh, we continue working on uh, coming up with a, with an effective HIV vaccine because we know that's the only way to end HIV. Um, I'll start on placebo-controlled trials. And I think, Ben, you had already started on the track. You read my mind. Um, it's all about informed consent and, um, and ethics. And I'll ask Ntando to talk about ethics, but I'll talk about the clinical aspect. What we do as clinicians, as researchers, is we ensure that every participant, whether they are on the active product or whether they are on the placebo, they receive the minimum standard of care and they receive counseling that uh, you might be on placebo or you might be on the vaccine. So um, depending on the trial and depending on the disease process and depending on the intervention, we can still use placebo-controlled trials as long as we ensure that um, everyone is receiving the standard of care, the minimal standard of care, yes. Ntando, maybe the ethics in terms of uh, placebo-controlled fights. I think, as Yvette has said, the, the jury is out in terms of the ethics <laughs> of, of, of placebo-controlled with all of the success that we have and the products that we have and how, why we should we really be doing placebo-controlled trials. But I think I would even like to take it uh, in a different way in terms of how research should be informed by communities you know from from the products that go out of the whole uh, backdrop and uh, uh, that you've given us Nyari, but to how far we have come into where we are in terms of the success uh, of all of the arv based interventions from the oral to uh, vaginal and and now uh, injectable PrEP. I think one of the things that we have not done, we have this conversation of ethics amongst ourselves of, of, of placebo-controlled trials, and, uh, and the views are vast in terms of what exactly and how we should be doing, and, and which trial designs we should be employing and, and uh, in all of these ethics. But I think one thing that we've not really done well is to take this conversation of all these trial designs that are, you know, can be considered to communities so that communities actually have their say on this. And, and, and I think that's part of a, an area that I feel is, is, is very much lacking, uh, that we end up one way or the other, having this discussion amongst ourselves about, you know, the ethics of conducting these trials and less about hearing from the communities. And part of it is that we're probably running away from, from explaining this complexity of the designs and why not, even though we have done a good job as the field in, you know, in, in, in the early years, we really were very clear. We'd spent a lot of time in trying to understand how do we translate placebo-controlled, um, you know, the whole concept, I mean, say, uh, uh, the whole study of a double-blind placebo-controlled study. 
we as communities and as community engagement practitioners, we, we, we really were supported to make sure we sit down, we take people and communities through all of these concepts. But that's not really happening currently. Uh, all of these designs, a lot of them from, from what we have seen, for instance, in, the, in, in uh, Cab LA, the, that kind of design, we really tried. And I mean, we, the, the field made uh, videos and everything about why, what this design is and why this design. But I think generally, overall, across the board, less about what communities really think these designs should be. And I think that's, for me, you know, I can't say a starting point because work is continuing, but that's the point where we should be investing a lot. And, and I think that the, the conversation about the ethics would, will be very different. Yeah, no, no, definitely, Tando. And, and uh, as I hear you guys speaking, I hear BNAPs, BNAPs. I think it's going to be the new buzzword. We're going to hear a lot about BNAPs. But where are we getting to with the cure? And I want us to really just sum it up briefly. What, uh, where are we? Where I'm standing is I'm tired of hearing every 10 years it will happen in 10 years. So, that's where I am. And uh, I want to challenge Comrade Nyarazo, Dr. Nyarazo, and also you and Tando. What do we do you guys think we should be doing from a community perspective to get us to for researchers to really focus on getting a cure and just not another treatment, just a, not another therapeutic, whatever they call it. Yes, how do we get there? So I'm going to start with you, Dr. Nyarazo, and then I'm going to ask Ntando just how do we get to a cure? Sure. Thanks, Yvette, for bringing up yet another important topic. So cure, um, we are headed towards cure. I remain optimistic. And the work that we are doing with monoclonal antibodies will also assist us uh, with coming up with a cure. Just this morning, we had a very, in the plenary, uh, we had a very detailed lecture on how we can work towards cure the use of a uh, monoclonal antibodies to support um, uh, neutralizing neutralization in terms of uh, uh, reactivating latent cells and uh, many, many, many other um, uh, procedures that we can uh, stimulate uh, or go towards cure. So I really can't uh, say in another 10 years, but we remain hopeful. And with each and every trial, we're learning new um new stuff about uh, neutralization, about uh, immune escape, about what we need to do uh, to have a successful cure. And I must say that uh, uh, these two disciplines, uh, preventive vaccine and the curative vaccine, or curative methods and preventive methods, they should continue going in parallel. We shouldn't give importance to one because we are all working towards one goal, uh, to be AIDS-free very soon. 2030, yeah, I hope. I remain optimistic. But yes, don't get tired, you vet. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely I won't get tired of shouting and screaming. You know that that's my line. So, Ben, your thoughts quickly before I go to Ntando? Oh, you had to do that. I thought I was going to have a chance to listen to Ntando first. So, so I, I completely agree with you about the prevention, cure, and treatment tracks going in parallel, but but also coming together in some way. And, and that, I think, is the interesting thing for me about the focus now on the immune response, the use of antibodies. 
Um, and um, I mean, we saw this with COVID and, and, and actually um, it, it's something I was really interested in understanding from Zimbabwe and South Africa, just how you feel um, about how rapidly the North developed COVID vaccines, how we failed bluntly to make them available broadly in the South and you know, what the lessons are for HIV. I mean, I couldn't help but sit through this all and wonder why, after all the access work to antiretrovirals that we did, why were we failing on the COVID vaccine? And that led me to think, when it comes to having an HIV vaccine, we really cannot be making the same mistake again. We have to learn from COVID. Tando, you're going to have the last word before we close. Oh, is it? Is it? Well, I think I I agree with what Ben Nyari is saying, and I agree with you as well. And I guess that's my job to really. It's your agree. job, she's your boss. <laughs> well, yes, and that too. But I think what is important is in in all of the of what we have discussed, in particular with regards to the vaccine and 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 the show. I think. He, we should just not forget what we have now. And we really have a miracle. Yvette have really had, I mean, some of the very important stories I've heard from you whenever I hear your story in terms of how antiretrovirals, be it for treatment or for prevention, have really taken us uh, to where we are and uh, are working. And I think that's really an immediate task. As we look ahead, an immediate task is to make sure that all the interventions we have are getting to the communities and the people who need them. Uh, and I think that's really one thing that we should be doing well. We continue to shout. We continue to want to hear the voices of researchers. And we continue to ask for funders to really fund means of ensuring that all of the programs of having a prevention work happening and treatment work happening in communities is happening by providing funding to communities because without those people who are directly impacted by HIV, we're really not going to do much. Even if we will have a vaccine or a cure, we will still have to talk about access to this. And access is in the hands of communities. I fund community-based uh, organizations to really drive the work in communities. Yes, thank you so much, Ntando. And I think, we, uh, we, as I must say this, this must have been the most radical podcast. I mean, black and brown people and just only one, one Mulungu. Muzungu. <laughs> and it's so much fun. But thank you so much, guys, for coming. Representability for me is everything. And I think what we did with this podcast is speak about those things that are hardly spoken about to the extent that we did. So thank you so much both of you for coming today. And Ben, my co-host, thank you so much for insisting that we have this difficult conversation about BNAPs. We don't have to say broadly. Uh, yeah, BNAPs. Yes, thank you so much. And we've come to the end of this podcast. See you again tomorrow, guys. Have fun. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.